Good morning. This is a, another episode of Queer Readings. Um, I'm your host, Bard. Um, I am a divinator that uses many different tools of divination, whether it be cards or um, runes, uh, oracle decks, and uh, I just started researching a little bit on Palm Street, but I'm not good at it yet. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at anything quite yet. I think I'm still sort of learning, but you know, as a seer, you're always learning. Um, so this episode today is talking about uh, what to do with a working deck. And I'm just kind of going overviewing a little, kind of going over, excuse me, kind of going over the things I've learned. Um, from doing readings and why it's okay to like essentially make up your own layouts and we're talking a little bit about layouts today so uh, come join me today on queer readings and we talk a little bit about how to use your deck So, I told you uh, earlier this week, or whenever you listen to it, um, on the first episode, about my first deck being the Terror of the Northern Shadows um, by Sylvia um, Gainsford and Howard Broadway. And it was a tarot deck of, of uh, Celtic and um, Norse mythology. And I got this deck in 2007, and I had to get another deck around 2009, but that was my very first tarot deck. And I think a lot of young um, baby divinators will get their first deck and have to do certain ritualisms or have to use a particular layout for particular readings. And I have been a major fan of my favorite way of doing readings, which is, well, let's just try this. Um, which is, you don't really need a specific layout. You just need to be able to know what the cards mean, essentially. Which seems daunting for a tarot reader, right? Because I have my... Um, Northern Shadows right next to me today for our reading. Um, but it's easier than it looks learning to use a particular kind of uh, layout doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stick to that layout. Um, this is a one of the reasons why I don't do Celtic Cross or any of the traditional tarot layouts because they don't really work for me. But playing with the deck and learning its symbols means you could probably start making your own layouts that are a little more um, concrete. But everybody who gets a new deck, including me, um, will look at the back of the book and immediately look at the layouts and knowing, okay, this is how you read your deck. There are different ways to read a deck. Um, and there are different ways of doing that deck reading. And I think 
we're get told over and over and over, this is how you should read a deck. And you don't do anything else with this particular deck, like the Raider White, this Celtic Cross, or uh, Bridges Cross, whatever. Or if you do with this particular Oracle set, you have to look and use their layouts for their readings. And there's some merit to that, right? Like, you know, with my um, uh, animal, animal Oracle deck that I got um, years ago, the Druid Animal Oracle deck, they have particular layouts for their deck. And for many Oracle decks, there is a reason why they have specific layouts, because that's how the symbology works. But you could just tool around with it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with messing around with the deck and putting cards with particular patterns, particular layouts, and you might get a better, more concrete answer. Um, my favorite way to do a layout is, of course, a five-card layout. And you can call it Celtic Cross, whatever, but it's not. It is a layout that I use primarily for weekly or readings within a particular time frame. And the center card is the self or the present reality. This is you at this moment with cards on the top being um, inner influences, influences that are like mental health or thoughts or close family members that influence you cognitively and then there's like environmental pressures, environmental or outward influences. And that is the two car- the cards, uh, horizontal cards, the left and the right. And I have variations of this particular layout. Um, I have a variation with three cards, which I've used with the um, Dao Oracle, which is the top, the, the top card is a self card. And then we have Yang and then we have Yin. So we have Yang being like active, like in your face influences and yin being subtle passive influences on how they relate to each other um my satyr deck which i'll be reading next week um is also very similar you can use that that particular reading and that's how i read and i use variations of that because i'm usually asking questions that are very much in the range of is this going to happen to me or in my vicinity and since these are very personal kind of questions those cards sort of help sort things out and it's a variation of an, of a layout that i did with the animal oracle uh with their four the, with their five card layout and i did a variation on that and that's how you learn um different variations right you practice by taking a layout that you know really well and you sort of put things together, right? Like, you take the layout, you look at it, and it works for this particular deck, and then you take it, take that why you use that layout, put it to another deck, and then you just see if that works, and then you tweak it as you go. So, that's a lot. That's seven minutes of me explaining layouts. <laughs> but let's talk about working decks, and what's a working deck? So, last week I explained that some people collect decks for all sorts of reasons, right? We collect decks for aesthetics, uh, to support an artist by collecting their handmade deck or their created deck. Or we get decks because we like the particular um, 
I just said aesthetics, but like you like the style or the or the brand of the deck. Um, but then you get a working deck. And what a working deck is, exactly what it says on the tin, this is the deck you used to read with. And it's treated differently than most decks because this becomes something akin to a sacred tool. This becomes a a ritual item, a sacred item. And you treat it with the kind of respect and care you would if you had a wand or a chalice or an abame or a druid sickle or staff. It's 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 a ritual item. I'm not very good at taking care of my ritual items. Um <laughs> I have a such hammer that is a ritual item. I know, right? The sledgehammer. I'll be your sledgehammer. Don't 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 sue me. Um and that's sir that's that needs to be taken inside really. But um the thing about these particular ritual items, like divinating cards, is that because they have a lot of magical PE or potential energy, you take really good care of it. Um, I do not. Um, my Terra set is currently sitting in my car right now. Um, and I needed to take it out and put it at, I'm going to put it inside because I used it for a reading for, uh, my Grove, um, past Sunday. Um, but, but taking care of your decks is as simple as just putting them in a good area. Like, maybe on your altar or maybe in your bedroom. I know a lot of people traditionally put it under their beds, but you don't need to go through a really rigid process of maintaining your cards unless you feel like you have to, right? Um, my uh, priest of my grove made a very succinct joke about tarot decks is that tarot decks are like sex toys. Um, <laughs> meaning uh, you should clean them after every use. Um, you can, your friends will have to ask permission before they, you touch them or let them use it. Um, and, uh, you know, sanitize after, sanitize very well before, like, donating uh, them <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but a lot of people, there's, my cat's on this, on my table right now. Um, there's a lot of people who put a lot of care and, um, and reasonable amount of work into spiritually sanitizing your decks. I don't put a lot of effort, uh, because my decks don't get used by anybody but me. Um, I don't share or I don't read publicly. I don't read in, like, outside of the Grove. Uh, most of my decks are read at home. Now, the reason that I don't do a lot of public readings is because, you know, I don't have a, a really good, uh, clientele for that. Um, and, uh, I don't know if I really want to bother metaphysical bookshops to, uh, hawk my, uh, sitter readings. But, like, um, I think a lot of people want to, like, get moonstones or crystals or silk or put it under the full moon or put it under your bed, your head. Um, but the answer is you don't have to do all that. Um, you can, really what you can do is do what you think feels right. Um, in my case, if I want to do a purification, it's just salt. I just salt the decks. 
Um, salt really works for me. Just kosher salt, salting the decks. Um, maybe I'll put them under full moonlight. If I'm doing something very ritualistic, I might do a whole thing with uh, a wand and a chalice and dipping the wand in the, chal- in the chalice of water and then drawing a sickle over the deck if you want to do something really super magic. But generally speaking, you don't have to do a lot. And I think that's just my opinion. For the record, I, I think everybody should know this, but like I think I'm going to put it right here. Um, these are all my opinions. You can take with with a grain of salt. You can say that's completely wrong. Uh, you need to put a lot of work and effort, or I put a lot of work and effort into maintaining my decks, which is fine. Absolutely cool. If you go through the whole moonstone, full moonlight, charge magically thing, go do it. Absolutely do it. Um, I just think in my opinion for my, my decks and how I read, because I'm not around people all the time and I'm not cleaning my decks all the time, um, from working with people and having people touch my decks and have people use my decks. Um, I don't really do a lot of heavy work with card with regards to cleaning my deck. That isn't to say that uh, I don't do any sort of like ritual cleaning or purification. I do. Um, just not frequently. And I think that's sort of like the point of this is do what you think works for you. Don't have to follow a particular set of dogma when it comes to tarot or any sort of divination. Uh, people read different things, uh, whether it be teslomancy with tea leaves or reading runes, if you're into that. Um, there's different ways to purify or to make make clean, right? Um, I'm sure there's ritualisms with the tea, with the mug you use for tea leaves or something with in regards to that I wouldn't know I could look that up the next episode um in regards to like the point of this episode which seems very rambly I'm going to be reading in about in a few seconds um I guess my point is when you get your first deck don't be overwhelmed with rules play with your deck first figure out the symbols and what the symbols mean to you and then set up a layout based on the symbols of what you feel those feel best, you know, accentuates the deck. It could be a traditional public cross, it could be something of your own imagination. And then, as far as purification, do what you feel works. So whether it be incense, salt, uh, full moon light, uh, light sprinkling of purified water, like, whatever works. I actually have my old deck, uh, my old Seder deck, I did too. Um, the first Seder Oracle deck that I made, I ritualistically burned to the new deck. I sacrificed the old deck to the new deck, which is incredibly hard. Broke me. I was sobbing. It's very emotionally um, intense. But that was the level of ritualism I did for my new deck. It's I sacrificed the old deck. I have the ashes on my altar that I put on, that I rubbed a little bit on the old, on the, the case that it's in, the, um, the bag that it's in. And so the energy and the life force of the of that old deck goes in and imbibes in the new deck. You don't have to sacrifice an old deck for the new deck, but that's what I did. And I think that's my point is that do the level of ritualism you feel comfortable comfortable with. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But I think there is not a right or wrong way on reading tarot per se. 
within reason, I guess, or purifying your deck. So we're going to be using the Terror of Northern Shadows, as I mentioned last episode. And again, I'm going to be doing like a three card read. And I think there might be a question, I think is, uh, what's going to the first day of school is going to be like? Um, if you have kiddos uh, going into school or going back into school, or you got some big old, big kids, some teens going into high school, this is a really good question to ask. What's the first day of school going to be like? Or what's the purpose or what's the precedent for first day of school? What's its value? You know, um, and I'm going to be using Terror of the Northern Shadows. Um, this would be a great question to ask my, um, my deck, my satyr deck, uh, the By the Horns, because it's really good with pointing out virtues. But in this deck in particular, I'm going to be mostly looking at, um, just sort of the quality of the day and what kind of events might happen. So I separated the card into three piles. I'm going to pull a card from each of these piles. Um, I apologize if you hear my cats in the background. I'm not using a really good setup. I don't have like a professional grade mic or anything. Um, this is very rudimentary, very basic. So I'm going to hopefully start flushing things out and improving things and actually have a co-host and maybe having guest speakers as things sort of move on. So these are very rudimentary, like, tests. So, all right. And the last card. All right, so we have three cards. And let's go ahead and look. Uh, the card to my left is going to be inner, or no, let's make, yeah, let's make it outward influences and inner influences are to my right. So the center card is self, and that is justice. Um, and justice, I think, is all about righting wrongs and balance. They have uh, Tear as its god of justice. Um, and I'm just going to... I don't read tarot that often, so let me just look very, very quickly. Just very quickly. Oh, it's... Oh, that's cool. It's a Libra card, and I'm a Libra. Um, the well-balanced mind creates balance and harmony in life. Um, so harmony, virtue, uh, balance. Uh, so the self is saying for the first day of school, um, kind of need to get off on the right foot. You need to eat a good breakfast, sleep very well. Uh, for us educators, ugh, let's not have our last glass of wine or bottle of wine before, before the first day of school or first day we get back in the building. Um, this card focuses, I think, on the intentions and the well-designed plans of the first day. And for our little kiddos, the first day is always the roughest. We're getting back to a routine. Um, we're getting back into the swing of things. And I think for the first day of school, especially with uh, our little bits, um, getting things situated and organized on the first day, backpack and lunchbox and front-loading for the new classroom, especially after the year of COVID, is really, really important. 
In regards to teenagers, uh, making sure you're prepared for the challenges of the school year is what this card is really focusing. Its intent is you need to have a goal in mind and what you want to accomplish this year, whether it be finishing out the eighth grade with perfect uh, with a perfect um, GPA, or if you're a high schooler, start prepping for college or trade if you wish to go in that particular route. This card is really helpful to use in this particular situation because it really sets a precedent. Like if you get a major arcana as like your first starting card, that sets the theme. And in this case, it's setting off the first day of school on the right foot. And for educators, I think this is a good card reminding you of the balance you maintain in your classroom and the structure that you need to have. So for inner influences on my left, we have the Five of Cups, um, which is really telling. Um, I, like I said, I have not read this in such a long time. Um, Five of Cups is um, from the night Owain as he's standing in uh, Arthur's court. Um, preoccupied with misfortune, regret, disappointment, guilt, a marital extra love, inheritance that follows below expectation, um, imperfection. So, uh, the inner influences is worried that you're going to not do very well, <laughs> that the first day is going to suck. You're, you're preoccupied with this idea that everything is going to fall short from the balanced, well-harmonized, well-flowing day. That's the goal. Um, for parents with younger children, this is the phone call. You might, you're afraid of getting the phone call that you need to pick up your kid. For teenagers, it is the overload of work and expectations that you might get on the first day in your first period. All of a sudden, it's going to be set off with a lot of extra work. And guilt is kind of like hard to pin down, but I believe the guilt is not being ready enough. I should have prepared for this. I should have called this. I should have got this done. Why didn't I flip this in? I regret picking this uh, class. Why did I pick this class? So stay strong with your with your intuition. Remember, the goal is a harmonized, flowing, balanced day. Do not let preconceived notions and guilt be your major voice. The things in, in encouraging you would be the Ten of Swords, uh, being fairy-led or pixie-led, um, which is interesting. Lots of... This is a kind of a rough deck, huh? Um, Alright, so... Alright, well, okay. Um... Complying with people's ideas and methods will be will bring defeat and ruin, bitter disappointment and pain. Um. <laughs> okay, you know what? This is kind of a well, this is a rough read, but um, ten of swords, being fairy led, being um, pulled around by people's ideas and expectations. Again, this is an outward influence, meaning you're going to have to maintain balance. You have to you have to be aware of those particular influences. So. In this case, in this particular reading, um, there are people that are, will influence you, that will knock you off course, will will distract you, whether it be friends, teachers, other parents maybe, 
but keeping focused on your goals, I think, is the, the point of this reading. The first day of school is going to be pretty rough for many. I know in my case, this might be a, might be a woo day. Hey, hoof. Hoof, that's a big day. Luckily, we only have Thursday and Friday as our actual days of school. And then Monday is our first full week. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I think overall, this particular reading really shows sort of the nature of the school day. And that being said, and I think that's, that's really important. I think in this particular case, with that warning ahead, you can make the school day really great. This, this is really cool because this is one of those readings where you get and you're like, oh, this doesn't seem very positive. No, this is forewarning. This is telling you in advance, hey, by the way, this is going to happen. Um, and that's great. When the cards give you a forewarning like this, like to like you might have to deal with like um, expectations that you weren't ready for or might not be feeling you're going to start off the day really well and being led by other people's choices and decisions and influenced by them. At least you can see those two warnings and go, this is what I need to maintain focus and precision to have the day great. So don't let voices of doubt cloud your mind and don't let people's actions influence yours unless they're good actions, right? So um, I think that's sort of the that reading and that sort of that reading, sort of the end of that reading. Um, I think overall uh, today has been an interesting lesson in having different expectations for um, what you might need and what you might need as a reader. Um, and I think that's really cool that everybody can read differently and they might see something really neat. Um, next week we're going to be talking about, I guess, making decks. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can get a friend online on board with me uh, talking about deck creation, making your own set of runes or, or oracles or making a, something completely else and crafting your own ritual tools. Um, and then I think I'll eventually start talking about... Um, I think I want to talk about children in tarot and reading for little kids and uh, kids first, a little kids first deck. So catch me uh, hopefully next week as we talk about uh, making your own uh, oracle decks. 